welcome to the podcast of tomorrow a futurama podcast where today we are discussing season four episode six where the bugalo roam i'm Lindsay wilson joined as always by my dear friend alex coons he didn't think there's anything wrong with this episode i was gonna say the (laughs) most racist episode yet welcome (laughs) yeah okay so let's just address the bugalo in the room this is an extremely racist episode and I tried to come into it super prepared like I watched it and I was like okay critiques of this episode criticisms of this episode I was prepared to cite my sources reference uh-huh. all the people who know more than us all the people who were more equipped to talk about all of this there's nothing it's all just a lot of apologizing for it people being like this isn't great <laughs> yeah I uh, I was looking at a reddit thread and one of the the top posts was just like seems racist lol like <laughs> lol yeah right exactly and like i saw several things that really like, i could see how people would be offended by this and then just like not interrogating it any further so i will say off the top for our listeners we are not the best equipped to talk about this but we're going to do our best and if anyone knows any better references please let us know i'm definitely interested in that i actually think that it's pretty not great for the first lot of it and mm-hmm. like the biggest sin against it is I didn't even look this up. I just assumed that there are no Native American writers or people yeah. involved in the episode. I have to assume that's true. <laughs> so that's the biggest issue with it. I think that it did a little bit better than I expected in terms of like, I don't know, the the main the main chief is like a character who isn't only doing like it only doing Native American stereotypes. It's like kind of acknowledging old Western movies that were like filled with these stereotypes. So it's like it's it almost feels more self-aware than like at this point, we're too far away from The Simpsons to really remember our issues with the feminist one. The Yeah, definitely. (laughs) But it seems a little bit more self-aware than I might have expected there's certainly some very bad lines, but especially for the time, it's like a little bit acknowledges that this is that they are parodying old Western movies that were pretty racist. And like, that's kind of the most generous you can be about it. I think so. Yeah. I, like just the accents are a problem across the board mm-hmm. with like the Wongs and like those voices, like the oh, dad sure. the is just Billy West. Like, right. like it's, it's <laughs> just a white guy doing a very problematic character of an accent. The, some of the lines in there, it's just like, it's just riddled with stereotypes. We'll break it down, unfortunately. But going into this, I was like, I don't want to talk about this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, just crawling with stereotypes, huge problems that way not a very funny episode i would also argue like in addition to being racist it's also like not great as far as the like toxic masculinity of it all (laughs) yeah and again that's like i'm parroting stuff that i read but it's like that's why i think it is you know referencing and paying homage to old westerns where Mm -hmm. you need to like show your masculinity kiff like tames the wild ends up riding the (laughs) the buffalo uh, like you know conquers the Native Americans to some degree, like all of this stuff that, yeah, again, was like the spirit of these old Western movies. And and I think you can argue that they're just doing a parody of that. And that makes it slightly more okay. But again, the the lack of anyone actually knowing what they're doing Mm -hmm. in terms of inclusion. Yeah, it feels like nobody gave this any thought. And I like to imagine that if this was done today, it would just simply not be done i was gonna say be done better but maybe just don't do it just don't do this right right it's almost like it's it's like 
two degrees of people making entertainment about subjects that they shouldn't be making where it's like you know in the 1950s or 60s or whenever all of these western movies were made about white people going and mm-hmm. like taming the the west and right. interacting with native americans and then like the guys that are writing futurama certainly don't have the perspective to be writing native american characters or understanding that perspective but they do have the perspective of being a white dude who watched westerns watched and movies, so like yeah. Yeah. yeah and so they they like almost have the authority to be parroting those movies but like just don't right like yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or just do it better i don't know yeah yeah anyway yes so we've already kind of tipped our hand but in the meantime how was your week we missed a week but that's fine yeah uh yeah we've been gone for a while so we have recorded i think three weeks ago because uh, i was visiting my parents in denver let's see we've played i played a lot of nintendo 64 switch on the plane mm-hmm. which was good um, yes i've been playing a lot of ocarina of time when i have had oh, the opportunity wow. yes that's very exciting i did that i saw before sunset and before before sunrise is the first one before sunset have you seen those movies i have not do you know what they are no they're richard Linklater, uh who's the guy that did boyhood and nice. these are movies where it is ethan hawk and julie and julie dumpy i think her name is she's an actress i don't know her from anything else but they did the first of these movies in like 1994 and they're both in their they're both like 22 and it's like a story of them meeting on the train and and having one day together and then saying goodbye at the end of the day and then the second movie is nine years later of them like reconnecting and then there's a third movie nine years after that of them of them again and i've always been told that i would love these movies and they were amazing everyone that knows my taste read me for (laughs) filth knew exactly what i would love yeah very very good stuff all right good tell me again what they're called before sun sunset yeah before sunrise is the first one okay all right good good i wanted to flag for the listeners because I don't think it would have been clear if you just like listened through to the episode. But last time we recorded two in a row and then we were like, <laughs> we cursed the episode where I think I said, no one tell us if this episode is worse than the first one. So like the second uh-huh. one, I I said that. And then immediately my <laughs> fire alarm went off and I had to cancel the fire department being dispatched. Then mm-hmm. you had an electrician that needed to speak to you. And then I think you just went to check on the electrician first, maybe is what happened. And then I got a phone call or something. And then you had to respond to your roommate calling you about the electrician. Mm-hmm. The internet <laughs> was like was out. Now. We were doing a lot of like clapping to save yeah, the audio. Yeah, the internet died. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, it was horrible and we cursed it and it was very bad. And it was <laughs> one of our worst editing experiences. <laughs> yeah, listen, maybe the editing paid off because we got a tweet still alive on Twitter. People still occasionally follow us after our Amazing. vague threats that and that it's going to be like boy who cried wolf now where we threaten to destroy <laughs> twitter destroy so twitter often that they're like ah they're never actually going to do it but fernando said back on x why because at pot of tomorrow leela's homeworld got me like crying face Whoa. so i think i think it was a good episode 
All your oh hard editing. Oh my God, look at us. Yeah, I, I actually felt really good about it too. When we were talking about the, the Lila's parents and their decision, I listening back, I was like, I think we did a good job with this. And I think sometimes we are criticized for not caring enough. So yeah. I think it was nice to hear us actually caring. So that's very nice. Who is that from? Fernando. So Fernando, thank you, Fernando. yes. Thank you, Fernando. Very kind. So uh, tweet us nice things else? like that and we'll talk about it at length. Yeah. <laughs> What else did you do these past three weeks? I am working on my PhD. I'm giving it attention for the first time in a long time, and I hate it, and it's slowly killing me. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing that, and yeah, that's all. Also, my job. (laughs) Do you, let's say that Pod of Tomorrow was a financially lucrative podcast. Do you get, do you get enjoyment out of you know your current field of actually helping people or if Pod of tomorrow was just like oh i could be a full-time podcaster would you just be like okay i'm gonna do that yeah i think i'd probably do that yeah <laughs> all right subscribe on x or you know follow us on x to help Lindsay escape her prison of of being a very smart scientist honest to god just ridiculous yes i will say to answer the question that is certainly on people's minds and definitely on yours since you're asking if this is going to be a lucrative venture we did not 10x our 10x growth (laughs) (laughs) it appears to have been some sort of anomaly that i still cannot account for maybe it was the bots maybe they all downloaded one (laughs) i don't think the bots are doing anything should i check in on the bots bot check yeah <laughs> I might have deleted all the bots. Let's, yeah. She looks like a bot. Paulina, she's not doing anything. She's <laughs> she got twenty eight people to follow her. Oh wow! One verified follower whose uh, profile description says expanding the pleasure everywhere AI erotic art. So yikes! All right, yeah. Wheelis Homeworld got one hundred and seven downloads. So. <laughs> Fernando really out here doing the Lord's work. <laughs> Have you seen, we got to kill all AI art. Have you seen the video, the text to video new AI model? I don't think so. You can now, there's OpenAI, the company behind it, ChatGPT yes. came out with Sora, which can now do text to video. And uh, I urge you to come up with an excuse or with a use case that is not like explicitly evil and awful. Like why would anyone <laughs> need this technology other for other than evil gains? Yeah. Other than deep fakes. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. Really, really hard to think or of a use. Pornography, case I guess is the other. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> Two use cases. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. What is the value add? Really <laughs> memes like, like just joking around (laughs) Uh vibes yeah Yeah. oh my god wow all right well that's good should we dive into the episode proper let's do it all right let's do it opening caption crafted with love brackets by monsters perhaps a callback to the uh, candy hearts exactly yes notably spelled l-u-v so not w-u-v that would be too troubling (laughs) concept of love Exactly. It confuses and infuriates us. Boop corner, Alex. Boop, there it is. This one looks very unique. This is like a T-bone steak sweeping the ground. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, <laughs> yeah. This is The Emerald Isle, which is from 1949 mm. by Famous Studios. And it is an animated short about life in Ireland. And it includes a sing-along of huh. like McNamara's band. So life in Ireland, the this- in Ireland, the stakes sweep the street. <laughs> yeah. Ah, uh, classic uh, Irish tale. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, IMDb says it looks like we don't have a synopsis for this yet. Be the first to contribute. So yeah. you'd I'll like write... that one, you Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I'll just write the T bone steak or whatever it is. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wow. There's a whole uh... Uh, Paramount Cartoons entry about it. Sing along with spot gags about Ireland during a brief tour. Growing along at every corny pun derived from every cliche and song about Irish people in Ireland known to man, then sing along with McNamara's band. Sounds like a rather salty review. <laughs> yeah. you. I was thinking about Wikipedia. Did Jimmy Wales, was that the guy that always begged for Wikipedia money? Did he ever get you? <laughs> Did I ever give money to <laughs> Wikipedia? Is that your question? Yeah. yeah. No, I didn't. But I always felt bad about it. Yeah. His very sad face. Yeah. Yeah. And I was always like, you seem to enjoy using our site. And I was like, you know what? You're right. <laughs> You're not wrong, Jimmy. Still using it for free. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I will say you introduced me to the, the info sphere as opposed to mm. the Futurama wiki. And boy, does it have a better plot summary, which really helps. <laughs> I've been going notes. there 100% of the time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like I have to write so much less. It's great. Yeah. <laughs> so, Yeah. So a little plug for that. Also seemingly less overt racism toward Amy on the Infosphere. So that's oh, great. yeah, I actually I went to the Infosphere to see if they had any useful talking points for discussing racist media and mm. not really. But I assume <laughs> the other one was just pro racist talking points. Yeah, it's probably just like Amy gets kidnapped because she's hideous. Like, yeah. Uh... <laughs> anyway. All right. So. We open up, but we don't even stop at the office. We're just straight on Mars. We're on mm -hmm. the mightiest of planets, and we're at the Wong family ranch for Mars Day. Yeah, some good Zoidberg in this scene. Yeah, I, I, I thought you that. might say that. Yeah, <laughs> some good Zoidberg across the episode. I think he's the highlight of the episode. I'm calling it in advance. He might be our winner. <laughs> yeah. Breakout star. And uh, yeah, I, I also really enjoyed this joke. Leo, Amy's father, says it's Mars Day and it's way better than Earth Day because you can just dump trash wherever you want. <laughs> yeah, it's a big empty planet. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yes, and this is where we get the good Zoidberg, as you mentioned. He's just making himself at home. He steals the bathrobe. He fills the bathtub with the unparalleled. <laughs> yeah. He just like kind of treats the Wongs as his family. Like I think he yes. wants them to see him as a son. Yeah, instantly. Yeah, later in the episode, he's going to start calling them like Ma, Pa. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very strange. And this is where we also meet Betsy, Amy's pet bugalo. How are how are we characterizing bugalo for someone who joyously didn't watch this episode? <laughs> bugalo is like a beetle with cow texture, right? Like yeah, spotted, spotted, like a giant ladybug. Yeah, it actually reminded me of. Have you read any Brandon Sanderson? I we probably discussed this like three and a half years ago. I think we probably did. I, I dated someone for a long time who read like every Brandon Sanderson, yeah. but I have personally not consumed a lot of Brandon Sanderson. Yeah, content. the I sometimes get worried that I'm too much like this this old person. I believe this was also the person that was visualizing chess too often. Uh, yeah, constantly played chess.com. I kind of think you're just exactly the same as my ex-boyfriend. Yeah, <laughs> right, we're gonna, we're gonna, you and like, I get along better. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In the Stormlight Archive, which is mm -hmm. kind of the most heavy of Brandon Sanderson's family fantasy series. It takes place on a continent that is like constantly ravaged by hurricanes and cyclones and all that kind of stuff. And so the animals there are all of these like crustacean, like yeah. hard shelled creatures. And so they have like, they have, you know, big beetles essentially like pulling their wagons and stuff. So very similar to go. this. Yes, very much the same in that 
These buggalo are used for meat, milk, and their shells make good rowboats. And mm -hmm. later they're going to be used as transportation. <laughs> yeah. The, there's a question of how do they, how do they know which is theirs because they don't brand them. And Mr. Wong says it's easier to brand everything that's not theirs and, and brands Bender or Zoidberg or someone. Yeah. Hermes's suitcase just says like not property yes. of Wong's. And he's like, don't <laughs> do that. Yeah. So Betsy is being, is the name of Amy's special buggalo. The only thing that seems to be special about her is that she has a little purple bow, but they're raising her so that she can be eaten at Amy's wedding. <laughs> Did, did you ever form an attachment with any of your various livestock? Yeah, I remember very early on being like, we had one calf that was born that I was like, oh my God, it's the cutest calf in all the land, not realizing that the boy calves don't typically hang around that long. Whoops. So I learned not to form too many attachments after that. <laughs> did your did your family slaughter animals on your property? No, super not. My father okay. is very not, very not into that, like not into hunting or anything, even though he's yeah. a big country guy. But yeah, not like, into the sell, animal sell them off. death so much. Yeah. 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 So he would sell them to other people where presumably he could just turn a blind eye to the animal yeah. that took place off. I mean, that's, that's what we all, that's what we all do. Anyone that's yeah. not a vegetarian returning yes, blind Yes, eye. exactly. Yeah. And so they're going to say... Amy says, like, don't mention my wedding when you meet my boyfriend. And noteworthy that the Wongs are actually the ones who introduced Kiff and Amy on the Titanic episode. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Because, like, at the end of that episode, they were like, you got to meet this guy. He's like a spaceship captain or, like, he's a lieutenant mm. or something. I do remember this. I This weekend, we were hanging out with one of our friends that is single. And so we were swiping through the apps with them. Um, wow. and so It's so much better when it's not for you. <laughs> it was. It, it was. And then uh, I I have not set her up for success in that the two people that we swiped left on, one was saying, I, one what is a dude that says said something about, oh, I love to make Simpsons references. My friend <laughs> has no idea about the Simpsons. And I just, I, I liked him and responded with, I just think they're neat. So... <laughs> Oh my so, god, she made such a niche reference. Yes, yeah, right. So I'm like, if I was, if if a woman on a dating app came back to me with an obscure Simpsons reference, I would like immediately be like, be like all right, was marriage instantly. Yeah. <laughs> and for for Amanda is just gonna be like left out to dry. And then there was a a dude who liked Seinfeld, and he was wearing a one of his prompts was talking about Seinfeld, and then one of his pictures. He was wearing a shirt that looked like it had a bunch of black and white cookies on it. And so I liked him and said, look to the cookie, comma, whatever his name was. <laughs> and that's going to be another another disaster that will work out. I will say to your point about like just instantly being smitten with the obscure references. I did briefly go on a few dates with this guy who informed me that sometimes <laughs> if he's like exercising or like has to do something difficult, he'll go up and at them. <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God, we should get married immediately. <laughs> Yeah, I that laughed is... so hard. Like, <laughs> <laughs> that is such a good uh, line. <laughs> and he said it with such conviction. I was like weeping. <laughs> so funny. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then, okay. then he gave gave you the ick by playing VR Beat Saber or something. <laughs> That's exactly, still my favorite yeah. story. Still one of my favorite stories of yours. Of... Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, uh, honestly, I, I'm sure that I didn't look cool either. <laughs> Yeah. But he I was just, really good uh, at Beat Saber. He was fortunate enough to not take off his VR headset. Exactly. First. Yeah. You yeah. All, that's okay. Pro tip for anyone who is listening. If you go on a date with someone, be sure to take your headset off first. <laughs> or don't. I mean, if you want the magic to, to last. Yeah. True. Yeah. Or take them off at exactly the same time. That's the tip. Like three, two, one mm -hmm. headset off. 
Yeah. Uh, but any, I was telling this story because of setting people up. And I think we have successfully set her up with with another friend of ours. And so hoping to, to heaven. Yeah, hoping to get into heaven. Wow. Incredible. If anyone meets from this podcast. <laughs> oh, my God. Could you imagine? Tim, where are you? <laughs> where are you? <laughs> I don't think Tim listens anymore. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, he's he's super gone. Yeah. All right. <laughs> What's going on here? Okay. <laughs> Anything to avoid talking about this episode. All right. So we cut up to Zap Brannigan and Kiff and we're on this Nimbus or whatever. And Zap's advice to Kiff is the quickest way to a girl's bed is through her parents have sex with them and you're in for sure. Yeah, <laughs> it's, a, a it's a good and funny line. <laughs> it's a good line. The The timing on it is very good as the, the quickest way to a girl's bed is through her parents. And then there's like a good pause. And then he says yes. have sex with them and then you're in. Yeah, <laughs> that, did, that did make me laugh. <laughs> and uh, also, this is a good Brannigan episode, actually, where so Kip's very nervous. And then he's like, yeah, that's natural. You're meek and uninteresting. <laughs> I like the Brannigan uh, line from later in the episode of like, it's me, the man with no name, Zap Brannigan. Uh-huh. Yes. <laughs> yes, I think I read on one of these wiki entries that that's a reference to a Western. Yeah. Have you have you seen a Western in your life? Yes, but I can't remember which one. It was a <laughs> I've seen the movie Shane. Oh, okay. Sounds like a western. Yes, because we read the book, I think in grade seven. Jeremy mm-hmm. can correct me if not. So I've seen that. And then I've seen one of the Clint Eastwoods. Mm-hmm. Good bad. Clint Eastwood. Yeah. Yeah. Clint Eastwood. <laughs> yeah. What about you? Are you a Western guy? One of my closest friends from college who is like a film guy was super into Western. So I think I saw a couple of the Clint Eastwood with him. <laughs> I think I saw Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. You know, yeah. okay. I was at an appointment recently and I'm guessing that the doctor's clientele is exclusively old white men because that's who else was in the waiting room. And so they were playing Westerns on the TV. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> yes, I, would, I think both. I mentioned this before. I was I took multiple like music of film, music of television, history of music and media, that kind mm-hmm. of class. And my professor, I mean, I'm sure this was like an iconic piece of movie or I guess it was television, television music, but he was obsessed with the opening to Gunsmoke, which is like like the opening credits to Gunsmoke, which is like a Western TV show, black Mm -hmm. and white. And so like in three different classes in college that, you know, it's like, let's watch it again. (laughs) That was costing like hundreds of thousands of dollars. It was like, okay, we're going to think about the Gunsmoke opening again. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) A good use of time and money. Yeah, this is a this is an editing request and the episode with the the gun smoke theme. <laughs> <laughs> you think that it's like public domain? Yeah, I mean, who's going to come after us? Who's going to tell us? Yeah, I mean, honestly, if this episode gets removed for like a copyright infringement or whatever, like <laughs> yeah, fine. no big loss. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So back at the Mars Day barbecue, we get the explanation of what Mars Day is. And it is when Leo's ancestor, Reginald Wong, bought Mars from the like indigenous Martians for the price of one bead. And yeah. they call everybody stupid and it's very bad. Yeah, probably the worst line of the episode is a Leela and Fry conversation of lighten up. It's funny. And I think Leela says, of course it is, but you don't have to laugh. Yes. Just like explicitly saying that the probably the roughest look of the episode for me. Yeah, and I, I think it felt very much to me of like, this is the 
Lisa Apu thing that they have a problem with where it's like, we're going to take the person who's trying to be the like moral core and kind of make them be like, yeah, but you still need to like lighten up a little bit. I think it's just like, of course it is, but you don't have to laugh. It's just her being like a stick in the mud, ruining everybody's fun. And it's, yeah, I, I don't love that. Yeah. That's a, that's a good comparison. I, I think that this episode is more tolerable than the Lisa Apu stuff where mm-hmm. it's like they handled handled that so terribly. And again, I think it's like if you view this as a parody of Western movies, yeah. then it they shouldn't be doing it. But it's a parody of something that is is fucked up. And so yeah. like at least they're parodying something that's messed up. Yes, fair. Yeah, and so this is where Kiff now meets RJ, who is like the Marlboro man. <laughs> yeah. And he keeps giving Kiff cigarettes, and Kiff is just like coughing and dying even before it's lit. Yeah. <laughs> have, have you ever smoked a cigarette? Not once in my whole life. Have you? No. I was gonna, if you had said yes, I don't think anything could have shocked me more. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I always tell the story that, so I always say that we are like of the generation where we're like, the last ones that remember when it was like legal to smoke inside and then like mm-hmm. can remember the transition to when it wasn't anymore like you can't smoke in a restaurant anymore but i made a comment one time where i said that and then i was like i've never even been offered a cigarette like people don't yeah. even do that anymore and then my friend was like okay you've never been offered a cigarette. yeah okay <laughs> <laughs> like, that's, that's you, what i'm sensitive about zeitgeist <laughs> yeah i i don't think i've been offered a cigarette either i've been around friends that smoke and i think they just you know saw my frame and were like okay, this is not, not needed. Yeah, you're just like cowering <laughs> yeah. coughing quietly in the corner yeah as an adult i have had a couple people be like would you like one but like no i'm gonna say no interesting of course yeah. Yeah. yeah and even now i feel like i don't i don't really even know anyone who smokes anymore and that's even like in the last Laura, 15 years. Laura is convinced that it is coming back in style and I just don't see it. I think it's like observation. Yeah. What's that called? When confirmation observation bias. bias. Yeah, confirmation bias. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Kiff also just like he comes off very, this is I guess the beginning of the like Kiff manliness storyline because like Amy's ex-boyfriend, very handsome, very like roguish, good looks. And Kiff's being like, we can't kiss on your parents' planet. <laughs> yeah. And uh, also he, they, they later will mention that he passes out and then throws up after smoking (laughs) (laughs) yeah he does smoke it the wrong way which i don't know if that would be worse i don't really know what what would happen there seems like you'd just be like breathing in the filter (laughs) yeah 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 and we also just get a gross little moment from zoidberg where he is still making a terrible impression and he says he took the liberty of fertilizing the caviar yeah pretty horrifying so then we get like this very weird sound there's also a funny moment from kiff too where he's like you keep saying things throughout the episode like oh odds and bobkins <laughs> things like that <laughs> i miss that i uh, i wrote down that he can't control his cam- uh camouflage when he's nervous yes exactly yes so that too yeah and this is the first time he's also going to mention that he is not made of bones he's filled with fluid filled batter bladders <laughs> or whatever <laughs> yeah the uh the parents say he's too scrawny to father children Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yes and i did think it was funny when he was like explaining the thing about being supported by fluid filled bladders he's like yes yes you're a big squishy was <laughs> <laughs> so anyway so then he's crying and that's when the dust storm kicks in 
And there's all this like weird noise and everybody runs into the house before they die. Joe Camel also seems to be like an ex-boyfriend of Amy's, oh, yeah. <laughs> or at least a, a friend of the ex-boyfriend. Yes, a friend of the Bravo man. He says, sorry, I'm like, my mm-hmm. pool game ran long. And they're like, kids love him. <laughs> yeah, I think I mostly associate that with Lisa versus Malibu Stacy of like, isn't there when she's on the float, doesn't she like talk with some some camel? Are you thinking of when Lisa's Little Miss Springfield? Not, sorry. Yes. Not that. Yeah, 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 it's that one. Yeah, because they have all the like she sees Maggie smoking. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's all coming back to me now. <laughs> yeah. All right, so the storm is over, and it turns out that all of the bugalo have been rustled under the cover of the storm, and they're all gone. Including, actually not including the, the beloved one, right? Yeah, only uh, Betsy, Betsy is the, still there. Yeah, yeah. And they do have a good thing where it's like, okay, we're going to save them. And Leo says, who's going to save us? One eye, lobster mooch, or the drunken garbage can? <laughs> yeah, and Hermes is about to offer to do it, but then Kif does, and he's like, this is my chance to prove my manliness. I've got like no notes on this entire. This was like mid episode fugue state. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. Kiff asked for a neckerchief. Yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. This is long. Do you have a neckerchief I could borrow? Yes. And he's going to go back and get them. And when they, oh, yeah, he's going to take Betsy so that they'll be like lured in and try to take her. Mm. And when they attack, he'll make a citizen's arrest. <laughs> yeah. Uh, he says, we'll get your cattle back or die trying. And the Wong says, great, we can't lose. Yes, exactly. Yeah, they're riding these like weird bug horses which are even more terrifying than the like the buckalo somehow <laughs> managed to be kind of cute and cow-like this thing is very yeah. weird <laughs> yeah yeah very much stormlight archive <laughs> right exactly yes okay so then they're climbing this mountain which i believe is like the tallest mountain in the solar tallest, system tallest volcano in the solar system olympus mons which i imagine yeah. is an actual thing yes i believe so I got, I got nothing on it. Yeah. Is it on Mars? <laughs> did, did Olympus Mons destroy Mars? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. So Fry is telling ghost stories. He's really good at it for some reason. I'm not sure why he's so good at this, but he starts telling the story that has a conclusion that's like uniquely tailored to be scary for all of them. And then Amy just like jumps mm-hmm. out at that exact moment so she can be with Gif. Yeah, one of the ghost stories, I think this was from Bender, is maybe this was from Fry, is an image that stayed on your screen. It was a Windows logo. Someone says, that's not that scary. And they respond with, it is if you are, if you're a laser printer. So Mm -hmm. this is a Bender joke. Yes, very gentle comedy. Yeah. So Alex, I have in my notes for Alex, cozy lighting with Kiff and Amy looking at the stars. Oh, (laughs) I didn't even notice the, the art direction of this scene, but I can, I can see it thinking back on it. Yes, very cozy. They're like lying on a blanket looking at the stars. Very cute. And we always note when they're wearing different outfits. So Kiff's in his like cowboy costume and yeah. the lighting is very good. The outfits probably contribute to the coziness of I feel like the number of times we say something's cozy, it's because someone's wearing like a sweater. Or... <laughs> yes, or the lamps are dimmed or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But one thing I will say to the credit of this is like they are doing this toxic masculinity shit, but they also make Kiff pretty good where he's like oh yeah like I have a lot of feelings and I'm bottling them up like a real man and then he's like until I can write them in my diary (laughs) yeah that's a good line I I was also thinking about the modern uh bitcoin mining old west episode and generally I feel like they do the uh old west parody better here particularly in these scenes before Native American show up and like racism commences but like 
oh, we're on the road, we're riding horses, we're yeah. like camping overnight, like that kind of stuff all feels, I think, better than, I mean, I guess the other episode was like, we're in a saloon and we're like in yeah. like a shootout in, in the square and that kind of stuff. So it was a different, different kind of Western, I guess. But I agree. I think that like this part works pretty well. Yeah. Yeah. They find the bugalo. They're all in this crater and for some reason they're going to use explosives and Kif just knows that they're going to like, if they put explosives in the crater, it'll blow out all the bugalo somehow not yeah. killing them. <laughs> like again, it, see, it seems like it's written by AI, even though AI did not exist at this point where it's just like, yeah. occasionally Futurama does this where they, something happens and it just makes no sense. No sense. Yeah. There's nothing here. And then it, he's like, I went to a seminar on ejecting chickens from a sand dune and it's basically the same principle. <laughs> yeah. That was a good line. Yeah. So there's another sandstorm. Fry says, hey, it's that barbecue's over sound. <laughs> yeah. Fry is being very dumb in this. So they get in the eye of the sandstorm and Fry says, where? Yeah. So I have here written, I don't get this joke because at one point they're like, look, it's Olympus Mons or whatever. And he's like, where? And they're like, right in front of you. He's like, oh. And like, it takes a couple of times. And then he, here he's literally like, we're in the eye of the storm. He's like, where? I don't get this. Like, are they alluding to something? I think it's just fry being dumb. It's dumb. I liked I... it. I liked it. It was, it's like, I don't know. It's, it's, I feel like this is like one of the most common formats of a fry joke of repeating a dumb line over and over again in the same tone. <laughs> I guess because I didn't get it the first time. I was like, why yeah. are we repeating it? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. But anyway, so yeah, this is where we meet the, I want to say indigenous Martians, native Martians. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway. They call them the native Martians in the episode. I guess that's what we'll go with. So they show up and they're on their like flying bugalo and they were like, oh, I didn't know they could fly. And they're like, only like people who are connected to the earth or whatever the planet can right. fly the bugalo. Yeah, this is probably where I was most concerned about the episode going completely off the rails, especially setting up the indigenous Martians to be like the villains of like kidnapping Amy. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, like... I think uh, the last act is not as bad as it could have been, I think, where it's like we meet the indigenous people and their racist stereotypes of them, but they're not evil. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. I was also very nervous about this. Like, I think it's a very common trope, racist trope to be like, yeah, the indigenous people kidnapping and stealing your women and like your daughters and all right. of that shit. And I think all of that's very bad and i was very nervous that that's where we were heading with this of like hey, amy's in danger and it, like they do cut to her just being like i'm fine yeah so but yeah it felt like dangerous territory that we were entering into right so yeah so everybody goes home with all the bugalo they're not able to get amy and they go to tell the parents and amy's mom is like oh let amy tell us that way it'll soften the blow and they're like oh wait why isn't she talking and they have to Say that she's been kidnapped. Uh, and that's when Zap Brannigan comes in because they're like, clearly Kif can't do anything. So the man with no name or whatever <laughs> is here now. Yes. The most confident line read you'll ever hear of I am the man with no name. Zap Brannigan. Mm -hmm. A very good entrance from Zap. I really liked it. Yes, very good. And he says he's going to go deal with them in person. And everyone's like, oh my God, you couldn't possibly. Like, no one ever dares to go to the reservations that the Martians live on. Yeah. Again, like, kind of moment of tongue-in-cheek acknowledgement of you know the horrible past of they've been gently encouraged to live deep underground like yes you know at this point we certainly are parodying the how horrible the u.s government you know was yes certainly yes 
Yeah. And it also really, the, I thought that the line read on this was good too, where professor says, someone's sure to be killed. Fry, Leela, Bender. And Bender yeah. just goes, damn you, old man. <laughs> so, pretty good. All right. So then they go to the great stone face of Mars and it's the only way to get into the reservation. Otherwise they have to go all the way around through the great stone ass of Mars. <laughs> Again. On the other side of the planet. Yes, exactly. On the entrance, it says trespassers will be guilt ridden. And that was a joke that I embraced wholeheartedly as a teen. I <laughs> even wrote it on my diary. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Look at that. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> trespassers will be guilt ridden. Yes, I still like what it. A, it's pretty funny. What a nerdy diary. <laughs> oh, my God. I Don't even get me started. <laughs> what, so I have over the years, I've moved many, many times and I kept a diary every day of my life from grade six through 12. Wow. Uh, so six years of content, more like seven, because it was like to the end of grade 12. And all that many books <laughs> is a lot. So I ha just have like a smattering, like a sampling of different years yeah. that I have kept and the rest of them. Like at one point I was like, I have to keep all of these. Someday I'll wish that I had these precious moments. Yeah. I'm like, I've looked through them and they are not improving with age. I'm just like, this is too cringe. I simply See, will never embrace this. <laughs> a, a couple of things here. One, I would love uh, for you to find a segment about Jeremy or about mm -hmm. the Simpsons or something yes. to bring to the podcast. I feel like that would be very good. Um, yes, yeah, so I could look through and see if I have anything. For the most part, what I have found is painfully boring. Like I've had the thought yeah. of like, is this just embarrassing? And will I wish I had it if I throw this away? And it's just been like, no, there is no value. In any of no, and was, so the other point that I was going to make was I think that eventually it will swing back around when you're like long dead and it's like, mm -hmm. oh my God, this is like great, great, great Aunt Lindsay's <laughs> diary from when she lived on the farm, you know, it'll be nice and quaint and that. <laughs> From the year 2004. Yeah. yeah. I, I, one of my old coworkers at the boarding school that I worked at. And so it was like, I, I don't, I don't think this would have come up if it was just like regular corporate coworker, but this coworker grew up in Northfield where my college was, which is a super tiny town in Minnesota. So already like weird that he had a connection to there, but then his great, great, great grandparents are, you know, like couple of generations back also lived in Northfield and they had diaries from then and like he showed it to me and it was very cool looking and seeing like oh my god they were like you know walking to whatever back then you know <laughs> like no yes. actual substance but it made me feel you know nostalgic like you're seeing some piece of history <laughs> yeah so yeah. you could you could provide that to people in many yeah ways. I'll yeah I'll have to look through them because I did see them the other day I, was, I probably still have like I don't know let's say like eight yeah yeah so I could look through. Uh, yeah, anything TV, it. anything TV related in that you gotta, you gotta bring it to the pod. I feel like all there would be would maybe would be me being like, I watched five hours of The Simpsons today. Anyway, <laughs> back to the boy that I like. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> yeah, so just purely a book of crush comments and me coming up with increasingly devious plans to make them notice me, <laughs> and then being like, well, I didn't do any of the things I said. Yeah. <laughs> trespassers will be guilt will be what is it trespassers guilt ridden. Will be, uh, guilt ridden is not doing it for some reason how can they notice me <laughs> true oh god oh, <laughs> devastating i have a highly embarrassing tv and crush related story from my youth which i will share it was the method in which i asked a girl to fall ball i will share this if you can find a good embarrassing or interesting tv slash crush related oh my god the pressure uh, okay yeah. the, the stakes have never been higher <laughs> yeah 
Incredible. Mine, right. I mean, mine is just like cringy. I'm sure it's not that bad, but you know, it's never fun right. to look back upon. Certainly not. And I have been finding that it doesn't seem to improve with age. Yeah. I definitely thought that we'd get more distance <laughs> from it, but you know. Yeah. The chief of the Martian tribe says, like, I am the chief. And then Zap says, take me to your leader. And he just goes, moving along. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, which is like my incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. So they say they'll give Amy back in exchange for access to the surface of the planet. And Zap says, alternatively, you give us the girl and we carve a bunch of presidents into your sacred mount. <laughs> really brutal. Yeah, yeah. So this, this part actually uh, is like a, a, some of the jokes actually do land because it feels a bit more self-aware. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. Where it's like I think you know it could have gone very bad, and here, mm -hmm. yeah, it seems self-aware. I like the or I wrote down at least the zap litters. At one point, he throws a bottle or a, a used can of um, slurm, slurm. slurm, and so the like littering crying native american that like old yarn or whatever and simpsons did that too in the in the moving the trash episode it ends with a bunch of crying native americans <laughs> but so he starts crying and then he says cynthia used to drink slop. yeah <laughs> i just yeah. i also thought it was good pretty good yes and so they want the surface back and then kiff flies betsy in to rescue amy and because he's able to fly betsy there is now peace between the Martians and these people. <laughs> he proves his connection with the animals, with the land, et cetera, et cetera. Yes. Yes. And I, I do think it's interesting, and I don't think I noticed it at the time, but they're like, okay, we'll smoke the peace pipe. And it is kind of interesting that they do manage to bring this back around <laughs> to the Kiff can't smoke. Oh, interesting. I see. I, I didn't even connect, connect that. I, I laughed at the line of, you must smoke a peace pipe or we will kill you. Yes, yes, exactly. Because he says he can't do it. And they're like, come on, teenagers smoke. And they seem pretty on the ball. <laughs> yeah. All right. And then because he coughs during the ceremony, he is going to die. And they're going to crush him with the bead that they got for the sale of the planet. And they bring it out. And it turns out it's this huge diamond that would definitely be worth like zillions of dollars. And Bender doesn't have like a big enough eye monocle thing. <laughs> <laughs> what do you call that thing? The thing you appraise I don't know. with? Yeah. 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 Whatever. They say, we assumed we were cheated because we didn't have the concept of ownership. And now we do have the concept of ownership. And so you're free to go. You can't have this diamond. We are going to abandon this planet and buy a better one. <laughs> yeah. And pretend like it's sacred. Yeah. We have with cash like this, who's going to argue? Yeah. So, yeah. A reasonably happy we, ending, I guess. <laughs> and then we leave this episode forever. Forever and never look back. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's it. Um, is there anything further to say at the end of this? Rancho Zoidberg, they kick Zoidberg out. Oh, yeah. Amy kisses Kiff and he says he made love for the second time. Yeah. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Winners uh, and losers. Yes. All right. So winner, I think, is Zoidberg. It seems like he had a great week. <laughs> but he gets kicked out. Yeah. But I mean, still, he got to like fertilize caviar. <laughs> Take That's, a I bath mean, sure. in Don Perignon. <laughs> yeah. The native Martians realize the asset that they're sitting on and are able to go to a different planet that hasn't been colonized. Yeah. Now that they've discovered that they have a very valuable bead. Yeah. Yeah. So that's good. Losers. The Wongs, they, I don't yeah. know, did they get all of their stock back at the end of it? Seems like they got everything back. It yeah. seems like they just had to like put up a Zoidberg for a bit. 
Okay, so that's not that big of a loss. Yeah, what happens everybody kind of comes does out come... even. Yeah, does Zap come out even? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. All right. I sorry. I <laughs> went on Twitter and I see how you responded to the person who <laughs> that, to Fernando. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how I would describe X these days. <laughs> the dank. The dank. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. great. All right. Anyway, and you help. This is back to the the Seinfeld guy, the look to the cookie date, liked her back. So she liked him with the comment. He like accepted the match, but now has not said anything. And so I was trying to think of a Seinfeld reference. You know, when this guy ghosts her for like three days, mm-hmm. I want her to, to drop a, the perfect Seinfeld reference on his ass and then unmatch him. Of like, <laughs> oh, you missed your, you, you missed your chance, right? Is there any Seinfeld reference that would fit? This, You're this, not sponge worthy anyway. That's pretty good. <laughs> you you nailed it right off. The, uh, wow, very good. <laughs> you are the lesser Bobka. Yeah, in the same episode. Yeah, all great. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, that's like so good. I, I bet ChatGPT would have come up with that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> the fact that I got it so fast means that I didn't have yeah. time. Yeah. Give me one moment to type in this chat GPT. Do you want to plug? Lindsay, what are you up to? <laughs> Not a lot. We are over on BoJack HorsePod talking to Ken Birdie. I think this week, maybe season three, episode five came out, episode six, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we're closing in back half of season three. And uh, then we're done with Tuka and Birdie and the BoJack Horseman world forever. So Wow. Yeah. I got some TikToks of seemingly endgame BoJack Horseman. And I feel like I... I've always heard of the view from halfway down being oh, a very <laughs> big episode. And I saw like a, you know, 30 second clip of him reading that poem. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is the penultimate episode, I believe. Yeah. You, do you want to hear what ChatGPT suggests for riffing on fa- on the famous Seinfeld breakup line, you might say? So they say, it's not you, it's me. You're just not responding. And I feel like we're in a relationship George Costanza would, ha- would have. One sided and full of monologues. So I guess this is the part where I say yada, 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 and we part ways. Take care. <laughs> so much. Yeah. <laughs> the jerk store this... called and they're running out of you would also be good. Yeah. I am going to say this is not good. Please give me a shorter one liner. This is not good. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like we're having a show about nothing conversation here. Time to si- sign off Newman style. Goodbye. <laughs> okay. These are better. No soup for us, I guess. Serenity oh, now, res- serenity now, response never, farewell. This feels like a festivist miracle that never was. Goodbye. Seems <laughs> like we're stuck in the no tech zone, exiting Costanza style. What is Costanza in the no tech zone? I don't know. I'm out there, Jerry, and you're not responding. That's re- that's really good. <laughs> <laughs> you're not responding. That is good. This is a screenshot from when we recorded the episode of the view from halfway down. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> All yeah, of us that's devastated. A lot. <laughs> uh, that's good. Yeah, I think the only screenshot we'd ever taken was silly hat day. Silly hat day. <laughs> <laughs> I think I might have been wearing the same sweater. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. Anyway, all right, incredible. How can people get in touch with us if they want to say nice things about us? First, I wanted to close the loop on ChatGPT after oh, yes. telling it this is not good. Please give me a shorter one. After it gave me better one-liners, I said, these are great. Well done. And it said, thank you. So <laughs> just just have to, have to make sure that we're respecting 
Uh, yes, praise the bots when they do a good job. <laughs> yeah. You can get in touch with us, potoftomorrow at gmail.com and at potoftomorrow on uh, Twitter. Jonathan wrote in, happy that we're posting episodes regularly. Listen to it on the commute, which is very nice. Also did not like The Prince and the Pauper. <laughs> and yeah, he was saying he feels like the framework of anthology of interest makes that episode stronger, much like the flashback flashback or vignette episodes of a show like Golden Girls. Did you, ever, did you ever watch Golden Girls? Never a Golden Girl myself. Mm-hmm. And then he also says that at one point I said big giant head, which made him think of Third Rock from the Sun. Didn't I say that? <laughs> Didn't I go on a long thing about Third Rock from the Sun? <laughs> Uh, probably he says i encourage <laughs> alex to check it out so you it seems like you had it covered <laughs> surely i said that yeah yeah because we probably. said like which one the war from home or third rock from the sun and you asked chat gpt or the war at home or whatever <laughs> and it was like given that you're a white guy who's in his 30s you probably hate your family so you should watch the war at home. <laughs> right yeah that was good <laughs> Um, and it was definitely because of the big giant head. So shot. Yeah, here here it is. Fa- family sitcom contrasts is the title of that <laughs> ChatGPT conversation. Oh, incredible. Well, yeah. All right. This was we're we're about to record our next episode, and between episode recordings, I'm going to go brush my teeth and put in my Invisalign because I had snacks before this episode. So this was a Perfect. rare Invisalign free podcast experience for you all. I went right in if you could hear the difference. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye.